0: Section 11 of The Natural History, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. The Natural History, Volume 7, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 11, Book 33. Chapter 7 to 12 The Decuries of the Judges The Equestrian Order Gifts of Gold and Silver Crowns of Gold Uses Made of Gold by Females Chapter 7 The Decuries of the Judges Rings, as soon as they began to be commonly worn, distinguished the second order from the plebeians in the same manner as the use of the tunic distinguished the senate from those who only wore the ring. Still, however, the last distinction was introduced at a later period only, and we find it stated by writers that the public heralds even were formerly in the habit of wearing the tunic with the purple lati The father of Lucius, Ilius Stilo, for instance, from whom his son received the cognomen of Priconius, in consequence of his father's occupation as a herald. But the use of rings, no doubt, was the distinguishing mark of a third and intermediate order between the plebeians and the senators, and the title of eques, originally derived from the possession of a war horse, is given at the present time as an indication of a certain amount of income. This, however, is of comparatively recent introduction, for when the late Emperor Augustus made his regulations for the decuries, the greater part of the members thereof were persons who wore iron rings, and thus bore the name not of equites, but of eudices, the former name being reserved solely for the members of the squadrons furnished with war horses at the public charge. Of these eudices, too, there were at first but four decuries only and in each of these decuries there was hardly 1,000 men to be found, the provinces not having been hitherto admitted to the office, an observance which is still in force at the present day, no one newly admitted to the rights of citizenship being allowed to perform the duties of Eudex as a member of the decuries. These decuries too were themselves distinguished by several denominations Tribunes of the Treasury, selecti, and eudices. In addition to whom they were the persons styled the Nine Hundred, chosen from all the decuries for the purpose of keeping the voting boxes at the comitia. From the ambitious adoption, however, of some one of these names, great divisions ensued in this order: one person styling himself a member of the Nine Hundred, another one of the selecti and a third a tribune of the treasury. Chapter 8 Particulars Connected with the Equestrian Order At length, however, in the ninth year of the reign of the emperor Tiberius, the equestrian order was united in a single body, and a decree was passed establishing to whom belonged the right of wearing the ring in the consulship of C. Asinius Pollio and C. Antistius Vetus, the year from the foundation of the city, 775. It is a matter for surprise how almost futile, we may say, was the cause which led to this change. C. Sulpicus Galba, desirous in his youth to establish his credit with the emperor by hunting out grounds for prosecuting the keepers of fittling houses, made complaint in the Senate that the proprietors of those places were in the habit of protecting themselves from the consequences of their guilt by their plea of wearing the golden ring. For this reason, an ordinance was made that no person whatsoever should have this right of wearing the ring unless, freeborn himself as regarded by his father and paternal grandfather, he should be assessed by the censors at 400,000 sesterces and entitled, under the Julian law, to sit in the 14 tiers of seats at the theatre. In later times, however, people began to apply in whole crowds for this mark of rank, and in consequence of the diversities of opinion which were occasioned thereby, the Emprius caius added a fifth decury to the number. Indeed, to such a pitch has conceit now arisen that whereas under the late emperor Augustus the decuries could not be completed. At the present day, they will not suffice to receive all the members of the equestrian order, and we see in every quarter, persons even, who have not been but just liberated from slavery, making a leap all at once to the distinction of the golden ring, a thing that never used to happen in former days, as it was by the ring of iron that the equites and the eudicates were then to be recognised. Indeed, so promiscuously was this privilege at last conferred that Flavius Proculus, one of the equities, informed against 400 persons on this ground before the emperor Claudius, who was then censor, and thus we see an order which was established as a mark of distinction from other private individuals of free birth, has been shared in common with slaves." The Cracci were the first to attach this order, the separate appellation of the eudicase, their object being, at the same moment, a seditious popularity and the humiliation of the Senate. After the fall of these men, in consequence of the varying results of seditious movements, the name and influence of the equestrian order were lost, and became merged in those of the Publicani, who, for some time, were the men that constituted the third class in the state. At last, however, Marcus Cicero, during his consulship and at the period of the Catilinarian Troubles, re-established the equestrian name, it being his vaunt that he himself had sprung from that order, and he, by certain acts of popularity peculiar to himself, having conciliated its support. Since that period... It is very clear that the equites have formed the third body in the state, and the name of the equestrian order has been added to the formula, the Senate and the people of Rome. Hence it is, too, that in the present day even, the name of this order is written after that of the people, it being the one that was the last instituted. Chapter 9 how often the name of the equestrian order has been changed. Indeed, the name of the equites, even, has been frequently changed, and that too in the case of those who only owed their name to the fact of their service on horseback. Under Romulus and the other kings, the equites were known as celeres, then again as flexuntes, and after that as trosseli, from the fact of their having taken a certain town of Etruria, situated nine miles on this side of falsinii without any assistance from the infantry, a name too which survived till after the death of C. Gracchus. At all events, in the writings left by Junius, who from his affection for C. Gracchus took the name of Gracchanus, we find the following words, Quote, as regards the equestrian order, its members were formerly called trossuli, but at the present day they have the name of equites, because it is not understood what the appellation trossuli really means, and many feel ashamed at being called by that name. He then goes on to explain the reason, as above mentioned, and he adds that though much against their will, those persons are still called trossuli. Chapter 10. Gifts for Military Service in Gold and Silver There are also some other distinctions connected with gold, the mention of which ought not to be omitted. Our ancestors, for instance, presented talks of gold to the auxiliaries and foreign troops, while to Roman citizens they only granted silver ones. Bracelets, too, were given by them to citizens, but never to foreigners. Chapter 11. At what period the first crown of gold was presented? But, a thing that is more surprising still, crowns of gold were given to the citizens as well. As to the person who was first presented with one, so far as I have inquired, I have not been able to ascertain his name. El Piso says, however, that the dictator, a Posthumius, was the first who conferred one, on taking the camp of the Latins at Lake Regillus, he gave a crown of gold, made from the spoil, to the soldier whose valour had mainly contributed to this success. L. Lentulus, also, when consul, presented one to Servius Cornelius Miranda on taking a town of the Samnites, but in his case it was five pounds in weight. Piso Frugi, too, presented his son with a golden crown at his own expense, making it a specific legacy in his will. Chapter 12. Other Uses of Gold by Females To honour the gods at their sacrifices, no greater mark of honour has been thought of than to gild the horns of the animals sacrificed, that is, of the larger victims only. But in warfare, This species of luxury made such rapid advances that in the epistles of M. Brutus from the plains of Philippi we find expressions of indignation at the fibulae of gold that were worn by the tribunes. Yes, so it is by Hercules, and yet you, the same Brutus, have not said a word about women wearing gold upon their feet, while we, on the other hand, charge him with criminality who was the first to confer dignity upon gold by wearing the ring. Let men even, at the present day, wear gold upon the arms in the form of bracelets, known as Dardania, because the practice first originated in Dardania, and called virioli in the language of the Celts. Viri is that of Celtiberia. Let women wear gold upon their arms, and all their fingers, their necks, their ears, the tresses of their hair. Let chains of gold run meandering along their sides, and in the still hours of the night let sachets filled with pearls hang suspended from the necks of their mistresses, all bedizened with gold, so that in their very sleep even they may still retain the consciousness that they are possessors of such gems." But are they to cover their feet as well with gold, and so, between the stola of the matrons and the garb of the plebeians, establish an intermediate or equestrian order of females? Much more becomingly do we accord this distinction to our pages, and the adorned beauty of these youths has quite changed the features of our public baths. At the present day, too, a fashion has been introduced among the men even of wearing effigies upon their fingers, representing Harpocrates and other divinities in Egypt. In the reign of Claudius, also, there was introduced another unusual distinction. In the case of those to whom was granted the right of free admission, that, namely, of wearing the likeness of the emperor engraved in gold upon a ring, a circumstance that gave rise to vast numbers of informations, until the timely elevation of the emperor Vespasianus rendered them impossible by proclaiming that the right of admission to the emperor belonged equally to all. Let these particulars suffice on the subject of golden rings and the use of them. End of section 11